Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bipolar Disorder Moment. My name is Alan Cooper. Today's episode is going to be different from my previous episodes. Today, I'll be reading from my yet-to-be-published book, Brain Betrayal, The Alan They Never Met. For the next 12 episodes, I will be reading from my book and providing some commentary. And for these three months, I will be putting out one podcast a week. And in the fall, I will be returning to doing one podcast a month and back to the interview format. Before I begin to read from my book, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about myself. I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. My parents were new immigrants to Canada. They were from Pakistan. They still are. (laughs) Uh, I have two older brothers that are six and seven years older than me. I am the only person that was born in Canada in my family. My one brother, I believe he was two, and my other brother was three when they came to Canada. But I was born here. My family is Pakistani, but they, they're they Anglo-Indians. We're a little bit different, I think, from a lot of Pakistanis in that we're Christians. And my parents' first language is English. I grew up in Calgary. Today I'll be reading from my days, my very young days in elementary school. I stayed in Calgary up until I went to university in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, and I've spent a couple of years living in Japan. The most significant, awful, tremendous, there are too many words that would be required to fully give justice to the fact that I've had a manic episode and it radically destroyed my life but in the long term it it has enriched it. And it's because of this episode that I decided to write a book about my experiences. I work as a peer support facilitator I've been doing this since 2012. And what that means is I share my story of having bipolar disorder with other people who have the illness. After doing this for so many years, I realized that my story has power. Everybody's story has power. There are a lot of elements to my story that make it an interesting story. So... I decided to write a book. When I began writing my book, I guess I was thinking about sharing everything I knew about bipolar disorder and making that real by attaching it to my story. I was new to writing. I didn't know very much about the writing process and how it works, what what one needs to add into a book. I knew absolutely nothing about writing. But then I took a a course at the Alexandra Writers' Center Society. 
Alexandra Writers Center Society. It always confuses me because it has center and society in it. And I took a course called Writing Memoir When Your Story is Difficult by Karen Lee. And by taking that course, I learned a tremendous amount about writing. But one of the most biggest surprises for me was that I needed to write to figure out what my story was. It wasn't just something that was in my head. I needed to go through the process of writing and find the story. In doing that, my book developed into something beyond bipolar disorder. I realized my story is about trying to find an Alan that I'm comfortable with, that I'm happy, and that gives me the best shot of having a good life. And what I mean by trying to find an Alan is I had lots of changes in my life. We moved a lot because my father was in real estate. I had a life in Calgary when I went off to university. I had a different life and created kind of a different Alan. And then the Alan that went to Japan was sort of a different Alan. And then the Alan that ended up coming back to Canada because of his manic episode was a different Alan also, right up until today. So all those metamorphoses of Alan are a big part of what my story is about. And yes, if you have bipolar disorder or you're curious about bipolar disorder, you'll learn a lot from my book. But I think it's more than that. And I hope the people who read it, if it ever does become get published, feel the same way. So I will be reading excerpts from my book, like I said, for the next three months. I'm not going to be reading every single portion of my book, but I hope it'll be enough for you to get a sense of it and a decent amount of closure. My book is a memoir. It's not a transcript of my life. Um, so I've relied on my memory to create the story as best as I can. I have also augmented my memory by visiting the sites that these events took place as much as I could, taking information from other parts of my story that I've learned from other family members, and writing really triggered a lot of my memories. Of course, my memory is not perfect, especially for times when I was very young that I'm going to be reading today, or times when I'm very ill, which I'm also going to be reading today. But I suspect most of you have pretty good memories for things that were really impactful for you, or and or had a lot of emotion attached to it. So I think I've done a pretty decent job of recreating these moments in a way that is pretty close to how they happened. Every person's name in this book has been changed. There are no composite characters. The first piece I'm going to read is from the prologue. So again, the title of the book is Brain Betrayal, The Allen They Never Met. Prologue. 
It was the happiest and worst day of my life. Finally, I had discovered what it felt like to experience pure joy and to feel truly comfortable with who I was as a person. I knew what I wanted, and I had no doubt that I was on the verge of acquiring tremendous wealth and prosperity. All the adversity I had been through that had been dragging me down for years had completely dissolved. My previously untapped, boundless intelligence pumped unencumbered energy through my veins. I was sure I was on the verge of experiencing my own beautiful destiny. I stood in the tatami room of my apartment in Sendai, Japan. My soon-to-be ex-Japanese wife, Miho, looked up at me, frowning with her head tilted to the side like a puppy, as she struggled to understand the gibberish spewing out of my mouth. Beside her, stood my second oldest brother's friend, Desmond, my oldest brother, James, and my aunt, who had all just arrived from Canada. They were all standing in the slightly lower living room, ready to receive the gift of my knowledge. I was no longer the quiet, invisible, and insignificant boy hiding in the corner. I was center stage, ready to impart my wisdom to my audience. It was perfect. Unfortunately, none of it was real. At 25 years old, I was having my first bipolar manic episode. I was experiencing psychosis, which in my case manifested itself in delusions of grandeur. I would soon be diagnosed with bipolar disorder. For many people with the illness, the symptoms begin in late adolescence. For some of us, we have no symptoms until some stressful event turns the bipolar switch in our bodies on permanently. I had a brand new type of brain and body chemistry, and I didn't even know it yet. So... That's the prologue. Okay, now we'll move on to chapter one. In this portion of the book, I talk about my life when I'm super young, like five years old. And the reason this is important is because the memories I share from this portion of the book kind of lay the groundwork for how I perceive myself. Chapter 1, Kentis Drive. Raspberry Mission. We moved around a lot when I was growing up because the needs of our family changed and because my father was in real estate. My earliest memories are from living on Kentis Drive. My friend Sam and I often went on missions to raid the raspberry patch in behind our house. A successful mission resulted in a handful of fresh raspberries. 
The challenge was extracting them from enemy territory without alerting the guard. She forbade their consumption until she mashed them up and put them in tiny flowery jars for toast. Mission failure was when the guard detected our presence when she came out to collect the laundry off the line. Our gravel parking pad was an extension of the alley behind our house. It had hardy raspberry bushes that lined the fence. Sam and I snaked along on our bellies, determined to sneak away with the sweet fruit. My heart pumped so hard I could feel my pulse in my ears. I closed one eye and peered through a hole in the fence. Hey, you boys, I see you there. Alan, I see you and your friend. Get away from my raspberries, my mother yelled. Our strategy in dealing with early detection was to lie still, hoping my mother would question her own sight. This strategy never worked but we stayed committed to it. Alan, get out of there. Do you want me to come hit you with my broom? My mother yelled. I stood up with my head hanging down. My hand-me-down t-shirt's orange and brown stripes blurred by dirt stains. I brushed off my beige corduroy jeans. You see? Now your pants are spoiled, my mother yelled. Sam? I'm going to talk to your mother, too. Sam got up, his gaze fixed firmly on the ground, his freckled face covered in dirt. He kicked a rock and said, Great, now I'm going to get grounded. Sorry, Sam, I said. I felt terrible for getting him into this mess. Sam turned to walk down the alley. Maybe we can play cops and robbers tomorrow, I said. Sam continued to walk away. I felt short of breath and a sense of panic. Please, Sam, just turn around and say something so I know I'll see you again. Sam stopped and said, sure, and ran down the alley. I exhaled in relief. Yeah, so that's the story of raiding raspberries from my home. <laughs> okay, so those are the two readings for today. I hope you've enjoyed them, found them interesting, or something. I hope you they gave you something. I would love to hear comments or questions, or if you want to share your experience, I have a Facebook group called the Bipolar Disorder Moment. You can join and be part of the conversation. That would be excellent. Or if you'd rather email me directly, my email address is alangwrites at gmail.com. That's alangwrites at gmail.com. If you need me to spell that, that's A-L-L-A-N-G-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. I thank you all for listening today. I look forward to next week when we get to chat again. This has been another Bipolar Disorder 